Welcome to episode 312 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast available with rad cows. All right, so on this episode, we're just going to go down a little bit of the pinball news. It's Monday morning. Every Monday, I sort of wake up feeling a little bit refreshed, a little bit of a new take on the pinball hobby. Um, Before we jump into some of the news, I want to talk about something and just ask you guys a question. How many of you out there know the total number of pinball machines that have been available to buy new in box since the year 2010. So the last nine years in the pinball world, guess how many games have been available from the different manufacturers for you to buy and put your money down on? I'll give you a few seconds, a Christopher Franchi moment of silence to think about that total number. All right. Any guesses? All right, here, here's the total number. And I'm also going to tell you, if you were to have bought every single one, this is how much money you would have spent on pinball. All right, so the total number of pinball machines that have been released by all manufacturers since the year 2010 is 118 games. If you were to have purchased every single one, you would have spent on pinball, close to a million dollars in new pinball availability since 2010. Uh, Now, on a later episode, I might go down a list of all those games and just ask a very simple question. What do you think are the great games of the last nine years? And I actually was talking to someone recently about this. And I think a question, too, is just asking, what was the last great Stern pinball game? What do you think it is? I would love to hear from you at canadapinball at gmail.com. When you go down the list of all the things Stern has come out with recently, you've got Monsters, you've got Beatles, you've got Primus, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool, Iron Maiden, Batman 66, Star Wars, Aerosmith. You know, I think the game I hear the most And if I were to sort of be honest with you, the listener, this is the one that I hear the most consistently as the best Stern game in the last nine years, and that is Metallica. Uh, That game seems to always be on, uh, on the short list of best Stern pinball machines. I will say most recent Stern games don't seem to be getting as universally applauded as some of the games from years ago. And is that an indication that Stern has lowered the gameplay, has lowered the quality? I don't really think so. For me, the biggest miss of all time, two of them, there's two of them that I just think were just colossal misses on themes that people just wanted to be great. And that's Ghostbusters and Star Wars, because I think they're the two biggest franchises uh, in terms of nostalgia, in terms of perfect theme for pinball and I think both of those games were so uh, in demand and people just wanted so badly for those two games to be considered some of Stern's best games ever and I will say this if you were to ask people what are two of Stern's best games ever in the last 10 years Star Wars and Ghostbusters just won't make the cut they won't I I think you're looking at more of Metallica ACDC The Walking Dead and Batman. I, I think those four seem to be the ones that people say, you know what? These are great games versus games just being good. So let me know what your thoughts are on that. The best great, you know, the best Stern game since 2010. 
All right, any news going on? So yes, there's some news in the pinball world. I want to talk a little bit about uh, American Pinball. So they have not reached out to me. You know that I put the offer out there. I think it would be good for them to come on the show. I think it would be a great conversation. And so if you know anyone over there, just remind them that the floor is open, that Canada's Pinball Podcast would happily have them on the show. But we got some more news this morning about American Pinball. They have registered trademarks on four different pinball themes. And I want to tell you what those are right now. Um, the trademarks are the following. Sherlock Holmes, Poker Run, Valkyries, and Robin Hood. Well, that's like a diverse group of games that they're, they've, they've sort of applied for trademarks on on pinball. Uh, let's go down those real quick. Look, I think all four of those is are better themes than Oktoberfest. And and again, I don't. I, I'm not going to just go down the road again. I get. I, I get it. They made their mind to make the game. Let's see what the final game is like at Texas. But, uh, well, you know, look, poker run. Do we need another poker pinball machine? I don't know. I don't really think that poker is the kind of game I need to own. I would pass on that theme if I were them. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, I think, is a great theme for pinball. I think Sherlock Holmes is a universally well-known entity and personality, and I think you could have a lot of fun with the different Sherlock Holmes books, and you could have a lot of fun with the different modes being having to solve different capers that Sherlock Holmes had to solve. The Hound of the Baskervilles, you know, it just it would be great. I, I think Sherlock Holmes would be really neat. I do think that. Uh, Sherlock Holmes also, you know, I wouldn't make it based on any of the movies. I don't think there's like a new movie out anytime soon. There's, there's obviously was the Johnny Depp movie. There's the TV show Sherlock, but I would do a highly stylized Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I, I'm just going to say this. I would get Matt Andrews back and I would have him draw Sherlock Holmes a la the beautiful way I think he drew Houdini when he did the Houdini art package. You have to go look at that. I think that kind of art style would work really, really well on a Sherlock Holmes game. So uh, I think this could be a winner for American Pinball if they do it right. Uh, Valkyries, really interesting there, sort of getting into the, the, the Norse Viking sort of Odin sort of pinball world you know the greek gods the valkyries weren't they like the female soldiers that would decide who lived and who died on the battlefield uh, and they would choose who would get to go to the afterlife of valhalla uh, would valkyries make a good pinball theme little you know we look we saw the way wrath of olympus and and the the sort of attention there was to that theme so i i don't know i, I think it's a little bit harder when you go greek mythology on us with this stuff uh, I, I, is it is Odin even Greek mythology? I think he might be uh, Viking mythology. But isn't Odin? I don't know. I get confused sometimes when we start talking about gods from thousands of years ago. Uh, so I don't know. Valkyries could be interesting. I, I think a harder sell though. I, I don't think it's a story or a narrative or a theme that people have been clamoring for. Uh, none of these really are, to be honest. And then the next one is Robin Hood. So Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Good old Kevin Costner. No, there's lots of different Robin Hoods. There's actually a recent Robin Hood movie that was horrendous. Robin Hood is a, a, a timeless tale. It's been told over so many times. Uh, interesting story. You know, open IP. I don't think they have to spend any money for any of these. I think all of these 
maybe Sherlock Holmes you have to, but I think for the most part, these wouldn't cost too much money in terms of a license. Uh, so I, look, I think these are decent titles. I think, as you said, out of all of these, I think Robin Hood and Sherlock Holmes would have my vote just because I think if you walk up to a machine and you see those two, you already know I said already so weird right there, didn't I? I'm going to learn to enunciate better for all of you, but you already know these narratives and you know what they're about and you have a connection to it. You have some sort of connection. When you see Poker Run and Valkyries, I don't think you get the same level of excitement as you would with the other two. I also think the other two uh, lend themselves really nicely to pinball in terms of what could be on the game, the mechanisms could be there, uh, and the objectives of both of those are a lot easier to, to understand. So what will happen? How will Oktoberfest sell? There's a lot of question marks I have with American Pinball, and I think this year is gonna be an interesting one for them because if Oktoberfest does not do well, I do think the, the people over at American Pinball need to get into a room and just figure out what's the direction of this company. Where do they wanna go with it? What's working, what's not working? Where do we invest? Where do we need to hire? And I think, they're going to need to get their games to be uh, more polished. I do. I think they're going to have to have their games look better, and I think they're going to have to get better at utilizing the LCD screen. And what I, what I mean by that, and I think my master said this so well in, in, in the podcast that he, he lent me an email for, I think the reality is this. If you can't do great animations, you don't have to do animations. You can actually put up just beautiful HD imagery on the LCD and have score and and just use callouts and other things to make the game look beautiful. The game that I always point to is Magic Girl. As much as it would total turd, look how John utilized the screen there. There was no animation. The game still is the most gorgeous pinball machine I've ever stood in front of. And you know, the animations are those the screen's just there to help you get through the game or that's what the screen's supposed to do. I think when you put up piss poor animations, it distracts and and makes people feel like they're they're I don't know they're just playing something that just feels cheaper and less polished than companies that are investing more in the animations. But long story short, if you can't do animations great, do something else with the screen. You can do a lot with the screen. All right, um, so that's the latest with American Pinball. Uh, this is going to be I think a very pivotal year for them to to break out with something successful. The question then becomes is when would we see another title from them? Uh, Oktoberfest hasn't really even started shipping yet and they probably will be making that for at least an entire year. Do you think we'll see another game from American Pinball in October? Uh, ironically, when Oktoberfest should have been shipping. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. There, and look, by eight months from now when there's Deep Root, when there's God knows what else coming out, all the new Stern titles coming out, the market, the financial economy, everything at play. I, you know, look, it's great or go home with pinball these days. I, I think that's where we're at. You either have a great game or it's going to fail. There's no middle ground anymore. There's no middle ground. And it's going to be a year of reckoning for a lot of these companies. All right. Speaking of reckoning for companies, let's talk about HomePin very quickly. So HomePin Thread, I mentioned on my last podcast that Mike and discussion of HomePin has been banned by Aussie Arcade Forum. A little bit more information was revealed on Pinside on the home pin thread and it basically goes something like this. The pre-order people that bought this game first in Australia who were the biggest supporters of Mike from years ago, those individuals have still yet to get their games. 
and they're watching games leave China, get on boats, and go to other parts of the world but Australia. And they continue to be frustrated and continue to feel like Mike pulled a fast one on them and was not honest to them about them getting their games first. And they feel like because they were, you know, the early adopters of this company, they somehow have been screwed. And then ironically, we have another company called Highway Pinball, Highway Pinball Distributors out of Australia, who is chiming in and saying, you don't know the facts. If you knew the facts, you would you would know what's really going on. And there are just a bunch of, you know, malicious individuals who are popping from forum to forum who are talking shit about HomePin, wanting to see this company fail, and they have no interest in the game. They're not pre-ordered in the game, so they shouldn't be saying anything. But then you have people who are in Australia who pre-ordered the game who are like, well, I still didn't get my game. And I think what lit a fuse and a, a dumpster fire was the following happened. A pre-order person who wanted out of his game listed his game for sale on a, a, a website that's sort of like the equivalent of Craigslist. And so people saw that and they were like, what the fuck? There's, why is he able to sell this game? Why isn't this game going to someone who pre-ordered their game who didn't get it yet? And it brings up an interesting question that I think happens a lot in pinball, and that is cutting the line. When you're able to cut the line and get a machine before people who pre-ordered it, it always makes people go crazy, and this happens a lot. It's not just with HomePin. We saw it happen with Jersey Jack, and I don't understand this. Here's what I don't, I don't understand. If I'm a distributor and I have, let's say, 10 customers and I'm supposed to get 10 pre-ordered home pin Thunderbird machines, okay, and then I only get five, let's say I get five of them, and then one of those five individuals says, I don't want my game anymore. Now, that individual, that, you know, that individual is then able to sell their pin to someone new who's not on the pre-order list. I don't understand that. Why doesn't the distributor simply give that person their money back and give that game to the person who is number six on the list who already pre-ordered the game? That way, you've now made another pre-order customer happy first. That doesn't happen. And I could see like where the distributor is like, well, then I have to find a buyer for that, that game down the road but so what? You probably will. And we're not talking, you know, there's thousands of orders going on here. This is, these are like you could count them on your hand, the number of people who have just been waiting forever. And I think it would have done Mike and the distributors some goodwill to just make sure you satiate those people first. And that's what is causing the pain. And that's what's causing the anger. Now, regardless, we all know that Mike is also probably the one who's been undermining his company the most. And when you try to point fingers at the hobbyist, when you try to tell people on a forum they shouldn't be allowed to talk unless they pre-ordered, no. The whole point of a forum is for open dialogue to take place. Imagine if nobody but people who pre-ordered Alien Pinball could talk about the situation with Highway Pinball. What would have happened? If you silence people like me, you silence people like Rubber Ducks, you silence people like Kim Mitchell, you silence the individuals who actually know stuff that people should take into consideration before they pre-order a game, 
uh, and you, if you just let the fanboys and the shills run the forum, then everyone's going to get burned. And if if Homepin closes its doors, if they if they close their doors, there is nobody to blame but Mike. There is nobody. Nobody think about it. Where did all of the vitriol, where did all the anger, where did all the frustration develop? He started it all. All right? There's no one else to blame. And and instead of asking for a you know, for some sympathy, instead of asking for understanding, I think Mike attacks and he still is always that bullish personality. And it's fine. Like you can be that way. It's totally cool for for us to have personalities out in the world that want to be that way. The thing is, when you are that way, you've got to face the music and you've got to back up your 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 bullish attitude. You know, you can't talk shit and then not deliver in any industry whether you're in music or pinball podcasting or a pinball manufacturer or a ceo of a company if you want to be bold and brazen you've got to back it up and i think what happened is you know mike came out with this like you know f it attitude i'm gonna you know do what i want and then like fell down and i think if he had just been more quiet if he had just asked for more time and patience from people and if he never attacked anybody, if you're trying to sell a product, it doesn't matter how you personally feel inside. You have to put a public persona out in the world that is positive, that is optimistic, that is friendly. Ultimately, friendliness is the key to being a company people want to support. It's the same thing in my career. Oftentimes I'm asked to work with people, but ultimately I will decide to work with the people that I'm friends with, that I enjoy being around. And I think you who listen to this podcast like probably feel there's some sort of friendly connection we have, and I agree. I, I, I am completely... Um, excited by the amount of friends I've made in this hobby through this. Uh, if I was just a jerk and an angry asshole, I don't think anyone would listen. I wouldn't want to do this show. And I wouldn't want you to listen to the show if that's if that was the case. So that's the latest with Homepin. It, it's a series of, of unfortunate events that continues to follow this game around. Uh, if Mike, sh I think Mike just needs to get everyone who pre-ordered the game, go quiet, Go to game number two, let the game do the talking, and it better be good because from what I'm hearing on Thunderbirds, it's just not, it wasn't worth it. All of it was not worth it. All right, I want to talk quickly about, uh, you know, look, the voting on the Twippies is over. And I, I woke up this morning and I was listening to Head to Head Pinball. Uh, great, great uh, chat between Marty and, and Jeff Thielis, is it? I hope I said that right. Uh, but one of the things they were talking about, and I, I want to just like, I want to bury the hatchet once and for all. Because I, I don't think anyone wants there to be like podcast wars, podcast battles. You know, one of my fans made a new logo for this site that I'll, I'll upload on this podcast and I put it on Facebook. It's really funny. It says Head to Canada's Pinball Podcast. We're all doing podcasts about pinball. We all should on some level just get along and support each other's endeavors. And, and, and I know there's, you know, whenever there's like competition at play, sometimes it makes some of that friendliness, uh, it makes it hard. To, to showcase uh, because you don't want to show support to someone else. And I've said it all along on this podcast. I welcome everyone to pick up a mic and do a pinball podcast. It's not easy to entertain people 
uh, without guests, without other other people on. I, this is a one-man show. See, the difference between, I think, a lot of pinball podcasts and Canada's is I, I am a solo artist. Every once in a while, I will do a duet with someone, and they'll come on, and, and they'll talk about pinball, and I think we ask fair questions, and I think we do good interviews, but for the most part, this is the act. You can't remove Canada from Canada's pinball podcast. There is no pinball podcast. I don't rely on anyone else's personality to create an audience for this show. I, I, I don't. This is it. You, I, 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 I sometimes go weeks without anyone joining the show, and it's fine. People still come back and listen to the show. Um, but everyone has different podcasts. They have different styles. They have, some people have co-hosts. Most have co-hosts. Most have people they interview every week. And it's great. We're, all, we're sort of all talking about the same stuff, right? And so something I just wanted to address, I want to just bird the hatchet. Like, look, I don't have any ill will towards any other pinball podcasts that are out there. I invite everyone else who has a pinball podcast to come on the show and let's talk about pinball. And I think we would have a great time. Um, when I heard Marty today talk about the Twippies, I just want to say, look, we need to just let let all of this go in terms of this uh, passive aggressive saltiness around this week in pinball's annual pinball award show. And I'll just paraphrase what was said today. I mean, basically, they, they were saying it's a popularity contest. They said that, you know, they're not going to beg for votes like some other podcasts. I wonder who they're talking about. They say they do all their own research, that they don't, they don't take all their news from this week in pinball like other podcasts do. And it's just like, can we just bury the hatchet, guys? It, it, it's, it's, it's not you were uh, me it's not it like we you guys we all do good shows we all do good shows and look i'm glad that this week in pinball exists because i don't think uh why would why would we all be doing different research for pinball news when there's a source to get all of the news in pinball jeff does an amazing job aggregating everything going on in the hobby and i've always said to ryan i'm like guys it would be easier for you guys to do your show on tuesday if you just did your show every Tuesday, you would at least then have a well of new information that has been done for you uh, that, that Jeff has aggregated. But by doing it Monday morning, you put so much more pressure on yourselves to have to dig and find the news. Uh, and so like, use the resources that are available to you. And I think it's been a lot easier since This Week in Pinball came out uh, to do this podcast for me uh, because I used to have to go through like the pin side threads and read everything and try to find everything going on. And it's hard because on pin side, you know, something could happen and then it gets buried like five pages in or 10 pages in because the conversation just becomes pointless banter. Uh, so look, I use the resources available, but I just want to say this for once and for all, whatever ill will there is between me and any other pinball podcast, let's just bury it. I invite Marty and Ryan to come on the show. I invite the Slam Tilt guys on the show. I invite Special One Lit on the show. Um, you know, Pinball Nerd, he's coming on the show. Everyone has an open invite to join me and let's talk pinball. And I would happily join anyone else's show and talk pinball with them. And I think that's the last I want to say about it. I, I, I think we should have fun together. Uh, I think you'll enjoy my new logo, uh, Head to Canada's Pinball Podcast. And, and that's it. Like if the laugh track upsets anybody, let me know, Ryan and Marty, and I won't use it anymore. But I just don't think there needs to be any more passive aggressiveness. Okay. The other thing is this. Twippy voting is over. 
it's over. Why, why are we still talking about the Twippies? Let's see what happens in two months and what happens, happens. But no, as Marty did allude to on his show, I didn't go buy votes on the internet. I didn't go, I didn't beg for votes either. I just asked you, the listener, if you like my show to please vote for me. Is there such a crime in asking people to vote for your show when you know that's how the Twippies work i don't understand I, I just don't get it like first they were like shitting on the twippies then they're like they don't matter now and now they're still talking about it and but the voting ended a week ago it's too late it's too late it just let's see what happens it's they and we and everyone has great shows I, I think that's the thing it's like can we just all agree that it's like people tell me all the time they don't like seeing podcasts arguing because it's like feels like watching mom and dad fight you do your show, I'll do my show. And I think we'd be better off if we would bury hatchets and, and join each other's ventures every once in a while and have fun with it. I mean, here's the thing. They do. The only show that people don't want anything to, to be a part of is mine. I don't know why. Nobody, it's like, they don't want to come on. They don't want to be guests. They don't want to have me on as guests. Um, but some people will. And I think when they do come on, you'll see. There's a reason why. I think we get really unique guests that have a really unique point of view on the hobby. And I'm okay not getting all the industry people to say what you expect them to say. I'm okay getting people that can actually share a point of view that is a little bit different. And I think that's what we do on this show. Anyway, okay, enough of that. Any more, any more news going on in the pinball world? Uh, Texas Pinball Festival. I talked about that. Not sure like what's going to happen at the show. I'm trying to get Joe Newhart on to talk about, I know I'm calling you out, Joe, on the show, to talk about Jersey Jack a little bit because it's interesting to hear from a distributor, you know, what are you hearing? Like what is going on over at Jersey Jack? Is Pirates of the Caribbean going to cease production in March? Are we going to see a new thing from Jack at TPF? I don't know. You know, and there's only so much a distributor can say. Uh, but you know, Joe's a great guy and I just want to get his take on where, you know, where he's, where, where he's been in the last few months, how sales have been going, like how have pirate sales, have they taken off? Um, what's the deal with that? So hopefully Joe joins the show soon. Uh, anything else going on in the pinball world I want to talk about? Let's see. I may be selling, this is news. I may be looking to sell my Batman super LE. Uh, I love the game. I may regret this for the rest of my life. That's why I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Uh, but I, like many of you, many of you, I kind of am getting the itch for a new pinball experience. And I don't like to sort of put games in storage. I don't like the hoard games. I don't want a friend to have to hold on to it. And then I've got all this you know, money locked up in something I'm never playing. I kind of feel like I want to see what's next. Now, here's the thing. I, I won't be selling it just yet because I don't know what I want to get next. See, there's 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 not a game that I am really like that's next for me. And I don't know about how the rest of you feel, but I definitely know it's not Munsters. It's not anything that's available currently from Jersey Jack Pinball. I am not going to buy a Bally Williams game from the 90s, even though I always praise them. I, I also understand their limitations and they just, for the most part, don't work in a one pin home. They only work when you have a variety of pinball machines. So that is the case there. So that's it. I am back in the pinball market in 2019. Now, what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to simply wait and see where all the cards fall in the next six months because I think the next six months to a year are going to be an extremely interesting year for pinball. I don't like I don't think there's anything rumored that just has me like that's it. And I, I I'm gonna be honest, like Wonka and Toy Story, I still have like a kind of have to wait and see. Those are themes that I definitely uh, would consider. They're not themes that are just like I absolutely would have to own this. Uh, for me, those kinds of themes are Big Trouble in Little China, Transformers, the G1 movie with Orson Welles and Leonard Nimoy. You know, Galvatron and Unicron. Uh, those two big trouble in little China and that would, would be, I have to own this a third one for me in terms of like, just because of the theme and I just love it so much would be karate kid. I just think karate kid would just be another take my money now. Just all the lines from the movie, the music, you're the best, or it just, it just has everything to get to the all Valley at the end, the wizard mode and, and to beat Johnny and to do the fucking crane kick. I mean, and all the quotes from Mr. Miyagi wax on, wax off, forget it. You could have the paint the fence mode, you know, clean the car mode, wax on, wax off. I, when, you know, when, when, when they make that pinball machine correctly, no can defend, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, that's sort of where I'm at right now. Uh, I'm excited. It's fun to not feel the need to buy everything that comes out. I, I'm, I've completely, I've gotten off the hype train. I'm off it. I'm not going to, I'm also going to say something right now. And I'm honest when I say this, I am no longer going to flip any more pinball machines. I no longer, I'm going to do that. I don't, I don't feel the need to do it. I don't think flipping games will even work anyway in the future. I think we're at a, a saturation point where whatever you're everything always becomes available i could still go get a monsters le tomorrow if i really wanted one it's just the whole desire to like buy the game before playing it just continues to perplex me and i've been talking to some of my friends who have received the monsters and and it's interesting because every one of my friends who ordered a monsters le i asked them one question hey have you played the game yet and they're like no and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I'm hearing like lukewarm things on it. Like, what? Do you, they're like, well, I caught a stream of it, and they literally are just taking a nine thousand dollar gamble on whether or not they'll like it. And, I, and look, what moves the game for people is theme and streams of the game, and and they get to see what they think is well, they'll get, but they'll never know how they'll feel when they play it until they play it. But I just think for a lot of these guys, you know, there there really is only a hand, like a few hundred, like. I bet there's like 800 at most people who actually want a Stern LE every time a Stern LE comes out. Like even when they made 800 Star Wars is, even if it was great, that's, I think it's pushing the limit of the amount people want like within the first week, within the first month. I, 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 again, I, I, I think that's where we're at. Um, so I hope everyone who gets their Monsters LE enjoys it. I think we'll see a lot come up for sale though too. That's what's gonna happen is I just got Monsters, I just played it, not the game for me, 20 plays on it and it's for sale. And and then you can go buy it for a few hundred bucks less. And then a year from now you can go buy it for a couple thousand probably off of what it was new. I just think all these LEs a year later are gonna sell for more like 7,000. I, I just think that's where we're at. And if the game's great, it'll hold a little bit better. Um, how much do I think Batman Super Limited Edition is worth now? You'll you'll have to wait and see. I actually think this game's appreciated in value because of how good it is and the fact that there are no Super LEs that go up for sale ever. Every once in a blue moon, one goes up and it, then it's immediately gobbled up. The thing is with Batman Super LEs, if you sell yours, 
the chance of getting one again down the road is really hard because again they're just they're just not available uh and when i look at games like alien or doubling in price and there there's a cactus canyon for eighteen thousand dollars oh my god oh my god you know there's a lot of money out there a lot of money anyway everyone have a great monday let's all let's all be nicer to each other can we do that we're still going to be fair on this podcast we're still going to say we think like a theme is shitty or design sucks or artwork is crap but to each other let's not be passive aggressive let's not be salty let's support everyone's pinball podcast let's support everyone's pinball websites let's just you know let's give people a chance to make amends to be forgiven and we'll all be much happier are you hearing me guys this is canada pinball podcast on a monday morning a little bit of an empathetic and sympathetic canada wishing everyone a great great monday we'll be back with more guests on this show i want to thank all of you for tuning in on a weekly basis and if you have anything to share if you have any comments any criticisms any critiques uh, email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. Have a great day.